welcome to Pagan Coffee Talk. I'm Oswin, and I have with me Lord Knight, and today we're going to talk about divination. There's a reason I wanted to do this topic, and I put it in the hat. We'll get to that in a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, first of all, to do divination, you got to know how, right? Yep. All right. So I'm about to teach you a technique that should allow you to use almost any form of divination. Okay. This sounds intriguing. <laughs> the only ones that it won't help on are like the ones like numerology and rooms it might actually work on. But uh, numerology and astrology, they're just too set. Does that make sense to me? Mm -hmm. They're just too computerized. You could just do a computer program of it and get what you need out of it. Right. Call it a day. Now, the idea of divination is you're trying to use your intuition to predict the future. Okay. And the way we use our intuition is, first thing you got to realize is our intuition talks to us in symbols. This is where our subconscious and everything comes from. If you're doing your daily meditations, you know, you're, you're going through these things over and over again. So let's start off with why in the world, all the books and stuff, we do not believe in our tradition and the old guard tradition. It don't work. Now you're talking about find all the ones for card reading or tarot and all that are completely useless to us. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. Buying books and watching videos and stuff on divination is completely useless. Because here's how this thought goes. All right. Let's just take the symbol of a dog. If you see a symbol of a dog, either in a dream or in a card reading for whatever, here's your problem. Which definition is it? Is it the, if you recognize dogs as friends, is it a friendly dog? If, it's, if he's growling and barking and stuff like that, is he actually being friendly or is he being aggressive and protective? Or is he just wanting to play? Or is he just wanting to play? Do you see what I'm saying? Trying to right. interpret this, there's a long list. Like some people might see a dog as a friend and a companion. Another person might see it as a working animal, you know, to either help on farms or to protect a house. Some people just see them as aggressive things that you pit fights with and stuff like that. And some people just consider them annoyances even more. Right. All right. So again, here you have something that might represent one symbol, but with four different possible outcomes that have nothing to do with each other. So you're going to go out and you're going to buy a book where somebody's took those interpretations of those symbols and stuff that interpreted for them, not for you personally. So this technique actually helps you really personalize this whole entire divination thing. All right. Am I making sense here? Mm -hmm. Is it so if we have this problem with symbolism, we know it's that. How in the world can you sit there and say, hey, the cup of wands mean this and the cup of pentacles mean this? So here's what I tell most of my students. Buy a deck of cards, any tarot cards you want. Then sit down and start and read the little book that comes with it long enough to learn the layouts. So if you're doing the Celtic cross or this or that, and that's it, just go ahead and just pick you one at random. And then what you do is you actually start playing this game of, uh, you know, I say a word and you say the first thing that pops into your mind. 
you know, word association. And that's it. That's all you got to do. All right. So give me, give me an example. So like if I've got a deck of cards and I pull out a card and it's, I don't know, the four of wands. Okay. Well, what you might see in that four of wands for like when most people I know that do readings or the ones I've taught to do readings like this is they'll look at the card. There could be a color on the card that grabs your attention before the actual complete image of the card. Okay. There might be just a part of a symbol that makes you think of something else, a shape or a design. And then you start going through the associations in your head, basically of how does that make you feel? What does that make you think of? And if you're doing one of these layouts, so if you got somebody in their past, you're going to say, okay, this is what I feel. You know, like, again, like looking like our example of a dog, you see a best friend, and it's in their past. So you could look at them saying, yes, you might have lost a best friend. Even though you might have had an image of a dog, that best friend might have been a human. But again, you're making that association of best friends versus this, or that they've been thinking about their best friend from the past for a long period of time. It really depends on the person and the feel that you get. Okay. So you're also working, you're, you're not necessarily strictly working off of the cards. You're also working off of the person you're doing the reading for. Actually, you're doing it all from the way you're feeling from the person. The cards are just pieces of freaking paper. Right. But that's what I'm saying. It's, it's, it's like you're working off of the feelings not just from the cards, but from the person. Right. Does that, any of this make sense? Then once you now once you've done this and you've gotten your style down on doing this and how your imagery works for you personally, because again, no two people are alike. Then go out and get these books. Start reading about the histories and what developed, and say how in the world that starts turning out. But first, start with yourself. Ignore the books. Okay. Makes sense because, again, here's what I've seen, and I could be wrong here, and I'm about to get into a lot of trouble <laughs> because now we're going to talk about why in the world I'm talking about this style because everybody I know that's done this, including myself, working Ouija boards, pendulums, and stuff like that, you start realizing you have the answer in your head before the pendulum ever starts to swing, before the blade ever starts to move. And then for me, they just don't move because I already know the answer. Making sense? Yeah. All right. So I just did this whole entire thing of telling y'all how in the world to build up your intuition besides doing your meditations. If you do your meditations in this, it should work. I don't see why not. And what? Less than five minutes? Yeah. Uh-huh. And how much did I charge for that? Absolutely nothing. Huh. And people want to call me gatekeeping. How much do we charge for classes? At Life Temple, we don't charge anything for classes. And this is because, again, old guard paganism here, we actually have a saying that we use, a gift to the she cannot already be property of the she. This knowledge is property of the she. We give it out freely because it was theirs to give out. They gave it to us. We have to give it to the next person freely. There's no gatekeeping here. There's The only gatekeeping is is on people's part, not willing to come in and learn from us. Most traditionalists I know do not charge for actual sitting down studying for classes. They will ask for donations. 
But yet then I go out here on the web and people want to charge outrageous amounts for divination classes, for something that takes five minutes to teach. I mean, right. don't get me wrong. What, practicing and all that might take you six months to a year to finally get, but that's a lot of information there. You know, by the time you use this to decipher dreams and all this other stuff, you might surprise yourself. So are the real gatekeepers the ones that charge for the freaking classes, these obnoxious amounts, and really don't tell you anything? We've had pagan books out there. I know I've talked about them, and I hate to crush on on Cunningham, but dang it, I I read his first book, Solitary Practitioner. Then I was so excited when his advanced one came out, I read that sucker down, and you know what? It was the same goddamn thing as the first fucking book. Come on. Cannot anybody wake up and realize it's a gimmick. It's a con game. There are places out there asking for tons of money for information people are giving away for free. Right. To make money. They're conning you, and they're never actually going to give you any real information. Here, here's how you trust yourself to read cards, to do divinations, to where you don't have to pick up a book if you don't want to. Do it for yourself. Same thing with herbs. Quit picking up the books on herbalism. Sit down, experiment, work with them yourself. Be careful with the bane for once. That's the only thing I want to tell you is to research which ones those are. Then go back and compare it to books. Because then you have your impressions of how you think this stuff's going to work. Then you can compare it to everybody else. Everybody's going around going, well, you know, you have to believe what in the world you believe. But when you ask people, well, you know, I'm taking this course and blah, blah. I don't care about your course. Where did you start this process? Where did you start learning how to divine or to interpret the things and the symbols that you see in your life for you? Not what Green Bean or John or whatever wrote in a book somewhere. That's theirs, not yours. Why won't they teach all this? Why is this not taught at all in some of these places that teach you know those are those are really good questions i mean is this not the real gatekeeping because if you ain't got enough money you're not taking the classes but isn't this technically a another episode Uh, yeah no but the reason i'm using this one for that episode is because again each morning i get up i will go through youtube and some other areas to keep on finding topics see what's going on And I see every day 50,000 people reading cards in the most generalist sense. And people are watching them. Oh, yeah. And then they're offering classes. And then I turn around and I'll go to certain other YouTube channels. And so help me, somebody mentions their fucking book one more goddamn time. (laughs) You're there. You're supposed to be out there teaching, not selling your merch. Which then makes me lead to believe, you know, now these ones that have, I don't mind people having witch shops and stuff like that. But if you got a chance, if you got a witch channel for your temple or your coven, make it that. Don't sit there and tell me about your freaking store 50 times. I don't care about your store. I'm a big bad witch, I guess. And half this stuff I know how to make or go out and do myself. Because We're required to. 
We have to know how to do that. Right. And if you don't know, you figure it out. You figure it out. You go out, you do the research and you know, you gather up your supplies and you do it. You know, uh, Lady Keegan, most of her herbs, she either grows or harvests out in the wild. Actually, I saw somebody say something about that not too long ago. Um, and, and it was on a YouTube video. And they actually said, go out and get what you need from your from your backyard. Why are you spending all this freaking money on obnoxious stuff? This I, I hate to be this way. If you're going to get more to the – well, for us, we get more at close to the oldest ways we can within reason. I'm sorry. A, a witch that lived in this area is only going to use this. Do you th- really think they got some – Sandalwood or something shipping from somewhere else that's going to be some astronomical amount and still raise them out. Well, why are you getting that? What what seasoning do you use that for? I mean, these herbs and stuff back in the day were not cheap, and it took months, years for stuff that you ordered to get from where it was all the way to you. Mm-hmm. That ain't what witches did. They did not wait around. They used what was out in their backyard. In the front yard, in their side yard, and down the road, and their neighbor's yard. <laughs> right. Wherever they could get it. Wherever they could get it. And now everybody's scrambling around and acting like they have to have 50 cards and all this other stuff. And I'm sorry, let's go ahead and get rid of this whole entire myth that you can't start reading cards until somebody gives you a deck. You buy a deck. Here's the real thing that happens. As soon as you become proficient and stuff at it, somebody will wind up giving you a deck of cards. And for some reason, that deck of cards will be the deck of cards you use all the time. Right. I remember that happened to you. Happened to me. It happened to Lady <laughs> Kiki. It's happened to everybody. I know at some point, somebody's given them a deck of cards, and that just seems to be the deck of cards they use. Yeah, because you started out with the uh, traditional Rider weight deck. and Yes. Well, and I actually then, had two decks. Yeah, you had two decks. But you mainly used the, the Rider weight, if I remember correctly, and then somebody gave you the Crowley deck and you were like, this is it. This is the deck I'm using. <laughs> this is the deck I'm using. I'm not using any other deck. I, matter of fact, I don't even know where the other decks got to. <laughs> I have no idea. You know, because I've had this deck since around the time I started studying for second degree. I believe it was around that time, yeah. And this is somebody not even our tradition. Like, here, use this deck. See how you like it. <laughs> and I used them. And she was like, and by the time I got done doing a reading, because I was using this style I just went through, uh, she was like, no, you just take them. <laughs> They're yours. They're yours. You know, not too many. And she's like, I've never seen anybody read them cards quite like you, and you did a great job. They're yours. Bye. <laughs> Get them out of my house. Well, and and then too, I've, there are people who charge for their definitions, and you know that's that's fine and dandy. But you know, why should I pay you sixty dollars for a ten minute reading? Well, I, and again, I, I'm we, still trying to I'm still trying to figure out these people because again, these card readings I was saying this is not these are the same people putting up daily readings. Yeah. What the hell? I'm sorry. When I read cards, the energies basically change around you about roughly every six months or so. And so once every six months is more than enough time to get a reading to kind of get gauge where in the world you need to go. Right. You don't need a reading every day. You don't need a reading every time you go outside the door. That's overkill. 
yes, you should do a reading before you cast a spell. Want to know how in the world it's going to turn out or what path it's going to take. Right. But all this, uh, it makes no sense. I don't understand what it is. Why are these people charging this much amount? And then the people that do have their stores that seem to mention them all the time on their what? So if I buy stuff from your store, what do I get an extra little something? Do I get extra consideration when I post a question? What? Right. Does that mean you're going to work, reach out to me personally? Cause you know, I'm financially supporting your, your store. Well, and and see, that's the thing. I mean, again, I don't mind people no. saying, you know, hey, look, I've got a store. Come browse my wares, whatever. I don't care. That's fine. But if you're telling me that in order to get special consideration, I need to spend some money at your store, or if you spend money at my store, I'll give you this and that and that. I don't think they're saying it that way. I think they're doing no. like the publisher's clearinghouse thing that we used to get in the mail. And it right. came with all these stickers and stuff. And it was sort of alluded to the effect of if you buy some magazines, your chances of winning would be greater. And I think that's where some of these people are falling in on these stores. Right. And I think some of these people on these stores, they're not treating you any different or anything like that, but they're not sitting back going, you don't have to buy nothing from our store to get our classes. Right. Our real classes. But then on the other hand, you, you're going to go join this organization or go spend money at this organization. And then you're going to just wind up with, I'm sorry, right now I'm doing classes at a university. Right. And I'm sorry, I haven't learned anything I haven't already known that I didn't learn for free. I know Keegan had the same problem. There was a lot of classes she had to take for her herbal classes and some outside of herbal where she kept on coming back to me going, I already know this stuff. You, you taught it for free. And she actually tested out of a lot of her classes because she already knew the stuff. Yeah. I mean, she, she told me many times how she sat there and was like bored out of her mind sitting there in class on certain things. I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm not putting myself up on a pedestal of, some great teacher or something to me, this is the, the information she got and what she learned is something that all the traditionalists pretty much teach, you know, at different varying levels. <laughs> right. But let's think about this. We're called gatekeepers and there's nothing preventing you than you walking through the door. Correct. Mm -hmm. And at all these other places, going to have to spend money. Now, all we ask is for donations. Now, even on the podcast, we still haven't yet to ask people, hey, donate if you like or stuff like that. We would greatly appreciate that. But that's up to you. Because, again, I, I think the problem is doing classes like that where you're paying for it, it creates this elitist class that shouldn't be in craft. Right. There's one power, and it's the same power through all of us, some stronger than others. And you know what? Some of them people are from poor families. They don't have the money. They can only donate. And I'd rather donate to Temple what they can donate to help try to support it, even if it is only $5 once a week. What? That's $5 more than Temple had than they didn't. Right. But it supports us. It keeps the power on. It keeps us being able to do podcasts and stuff like this. But then it's up to the individual. It's not up to me to sit there and tell you how much you should donate or you shouldn't donate. 
Yes. I mean, don't get me wrong. I ask members all the time, hey, can you at least get like 10 percent? But it's not like I'm going to go what over to your house, over to their house and like check how much they're getting on their check stuff. Right. And go, well, that ain't 10 percent. <laughs> you need to recalculate. <laughs> Here, let me show this you. is not here, enough. Here, here, let me do the math for you. <laughs> <laughs> but again, you know, this also keeps this, you know, to me, it also keeps that whole entire humiliation. If you ain't got the money, your spirituality doesn't depend on how much money you freaking got. Well, and let's face it. Most pagans that I know are not rich. No. This is not a wealthy religion. But No. <laughs> And what most people don't realize is how easily, again, the saying one drop of water raises the ocean is true. I mean, I'm sorry. You'd be surprised. You know, a hundred people given a dollar once a day, that's a lot of freaking money. It really is. That's like, what was that? Something I learned when I was a kid and did the math that if you stole one penny from everybody's bank account, you'd be rich. Oh yeah. Like once a week or once a month and you'd get away with it because nobody's going to miss a penny. And in like five or 10 years, you'd be like wealthy. (laughs) Oh, you'd be wealthy within a year's time. Right. That's a penny. Right. You know, again, like I said, you know, Hey, you got 50 people giving $5. That ain't too much. That ain't a lot to sneeze at. No. If you're just taking care of your basic needs for temples, buying oils and stuff like that, it seems to be enough. Right. You know, do you really have to charge 50 or or $100 for a email class on divination? Or, hey, you can come listen to this for the first, what, five minutes of this or so, and, hey, you'll learn it real fast. You got to play that word association game. Like I said, that's like the hardest thing to get used to. Right. Other than that, it takes practice. And for everybody who wants to get practice, I'm going to tell you the best way to get it. Go ahead, buy your deck of cards and then carry them around with you. Anytime somebody's having a birthday and they're having a birthday party, go and read cards as a gift. You will get more practice than you ever thought. So depending on how many people's at that party. Just beware, you may walk out looking like a zombie when you're done. But <laughs> yeah. Hey, it's a great gift. And it's, hey, I, it's, you know, hey, for your birthday, I'm reading you. I'm, I'm going to read your cards for you. That's your birthday gift. Right. You entertainment be, purposes only. Entertainment purposes only. <laughs> but here, let's have a seat. <laughs> Trust me, you will get all the practice you want. Because if 50 people are there, at least 30 of them are going to go read my cards. And there's always going to be that one person, now that everybody's left, can you read mine? (laughs) (laughs) So anything else on that subject? Because, yes, I I literally want to crush the people that just are doing this. And And I find it completely disgusting. This knowledge should be given away freely. This is how we read cards. This is how you use your intuition. You actually have to use it. You have to sit there and interpret this stuff for yourself. Right. Just like if you get in the morning, you want to interpret your dreams. Get up, have your phone ready, 
So when you first get up, you can press the record button, record everything you hear from your dream as soon as you get out of the bed. Later on, sit down with your journal, write a line, skip a few lines, write another line, and sit there and go through what, and write underneath there, how each one of these words make you feel. And then start reading in there. And you might, you might suddenly realize what the dream was about because it's very personalized. Right. Taking the time to speak it and then write it down and then taking time to think about it, it's going to bring things to your mind that you didn't think were even related to that. Right. I mean, you know, people sit there and go, well, yeah, I saw this color blue. Okay. How did that make you feel? What did it make you think of? You might be surprised at what in the world you start to feel when you start to see this color. So then when you start pulling them up on cards and stuff like that, and you're reading cards, you're automatically going to have that feeling going, oh, well, you know what? That's just what this feeling is. And again, two things you have to do to do this. Two things. One, meditate daily. Two, learn what these represent to you, not somebody else. I mean, yeah, there's billions of books out of there and stuff like that, but what does it mean to you first? Well, I mean, ultimately, that's it's got to come down to that because how can you realistically pull a card for somebody during a reading and expect to know what it means to them? Well, no, to expect it to know what it means to you. That's my point. You cannot sit there and pull a card and say, well, this card obviously means this to you, speaking to the person yeah. you're doing the reading for. Well, I, again, you don't know what that means to them. I, I, I versus some something that was written by somebody, and you don't know who in the world it was, that was probably half-handed down to somebody. Right, and honestly, all of those books, if you look at all those little books that come with all the, every deck of cards, yeah, they're all the same. They're all the same. They all they all tell you the, the major arcana means this. Yes, and that. And, and here's what it is. It is a it's upside down. It is a sticker <laughs> enforced, you know, uh, you know, the, by this company. Right. And that's it. So I think I'm out of coffee. I think you are too. <laughs> we might have to make another pot. Join us next week for something else. If you want to, you can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and other social medias and donate if you'd like. Please make any comments on the Life Temple and Seminary website or on Facebook and let us know what you think of this podcast. <laughs> Thank you for listening to Pagan Coffee Talk. I hope you join us next week. We travel down this trodden path, the maze of stone and mire. Just hold my hand as we pass by a sea of blazing fires. And so it is the end of our days, so walk with me till morning breaks. And so it is the end of our days, so walk with me till morning breaks.